Blog Talk Radio. I'll answer the question. You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers? I want the truth! You can't handle the truth! You've heard about it. You've read about it. You've talked about it. And now you found it. This is Alan Smith's Ask the Trucker Live on Blog Talk Radio, the largest radio social network in the world. With your hosts, Alan and Donna Smith, focusing on driver health, careers, regulations, and the important issues facing the industry. It's time to shut down that big rig, sit back, and come join the conversation. Ask the Trucker Live begins right now. Hey, good evening, everyone, and welcome to Ask the Trucker Live Thursday Evening Health Edition. I'm Donna Smith, and I hope most of I host most of our um, Thursday evening shows. Our regular trucking shows are now on Saturdays, and Alan. Alan hosts those. I'm usually co-hosting with him, though, on those shows also. But if you're listening tonight, uh, either through your phone or the Internet, we do thank you for joining us. Uh, Our Thursday evening health shows are an exciting part of our radio programs. um, As we know, Americans are becoming uh, more in tune with their health, especially since there's been in recent years, a direct correlation between the types of foods we ate and the increased risk of obesity and multiple types of illnesses. And um, if you go through the archives of our shows, you'll be able to see a lot of shows relating to the types of food and the illnesses and prevention and all kinds of, uh, all kinds of things that we discuss on our Thursday evening health shows. Uh, another aspect of health that is uh, popping up in the increased uh, amount of support groups and volunteer groups on social media, um, such as Mats to Gats, and we had Tom Kirk on uh, a couple weeks ago talking about that, and then the St. Christopher's Driven to Be Healthy group. Um, we've had Julie Dillon of St. Christopher's on talking about that. So <clears throat> there are also um, a lot of groups and sites which address health at all levels, such as lifecoachservice.net with our good friend Carolyn O'Byrne, um, and she addresses both the physical and emotional well-being for truckers, and actually uh, for everybody, not just truckers. But there, there is a group, however, that we don't think about very often, and they may be a group um, most in need, this group, of individuals um, are those incarcerated and their families. So tonight we have with us Lori Baker, a professional truck driver, who's had the calling to help mentor uh, this particular group of people uh, through their difficult journey, and they are trying desperately to overcome many of the difficulties and the extreme challenges that they face both while in prison and as they make their way back out into the world, um, the families of those incarcerated struggle greatly. 
So Lori is part of the Mercy Heart organization, which has helped restore families in the crisis of incarceration. Um, They've been around 20 years. Many times these families are left behind. Uh, They face shame, uh, isolation, fear, and very few of us on the outside uh, are aware of these types of struggles uh, that face so many. So uh, Lori is both a health advocate, a fitness coach. Uh, She's a veteran flatbed OTR driver and always striving to help others. Uh, And actually, she helps them in all aspects of their lives, physically, emotionally, spiritually. And we're we're really thrilled to be able to have her on the show tonight. We're gonna we're gonna bring her on first. We're gonna have a uh, a commercial, and we'll be right back with uh, Lori Baker and how she reaches the incarcerated families through Mercy Heart. You're listening to Ask the Trucker Live with Alan Smith on Blog Talk Radio. Don't go anywhere. Alan and Donna will be right back. Hey everybody, Alan Smith here. Have you been driving a big rig for a while now and considering starting your own business as an owner-operator? Well, Lone Mountain Truck Leasing offers the best lease purchase plan in the industry. With a small down payment and monthly payments around $1,000 or less, you make the monthly payment and when the final payment is made, they hand over the title. It really is that simple. There is no big balloon payment at the end and secondly, the truck is yours, not a lease plan under one truck and company. So if becoming an owner-operator is your goal, do it the right way. Do it the best way. Contact Lone Mountain Truck Leasing on the web at LoneMountainTruck.com or give them a call toll-free at 866-512-5685. That's LoneMountainTruck.com. This is Ask the Trucker Live with Alan Smith. To be a part of the program, call in now at 347-826-9170. Skype users can call in by clicking on the Skype button on our show page. To be a sponsor of the show, email Donna at info at askthetrucker.com. Now, back to the show. Hey, welcome back, everybody, and we have a great show for you tonight. I noticed a lot of people jumping on board after we did our introduction. Um, So just uh, a little review. We have Lori Baker uh, holding on the line with us. She's going to talk about um, her her journey uh, with the health of both physical, emotional, spiritual, and how she mentors people specifically uh, those incarcerated and the families uh, of those who are incarcerated. So um, we're going to bring her on the line right now. Lori, you there? I'm here. Hey, thanks so much for um, spending your evening with us to to share this uh, this message. I'm glad to. It's uh, it's definitely uh, well. All these issues are definitely. Um, widespread and and a lot more than we think uh health-wise um and also spiritual and emotional health 
as well as uh, incarcerated folks. There's just a whole lot of stuff going on, and Mercy Heart has been addressing some of these issues to the families, and I can't wait to dig on in. Oh, I know. Well, I want to introduce you uh, to our listening audience. We we got to meet just less than a month ago. Uh, Alan and I met you on the uh, Real Women in Trucking cruise. It was the first annual Lady Truck Driver Queen of the High Sea uh, cruise event, uh, which was um, a fantastic uh, uh, success. We got to meet a lot of people and and um, Alan did your video, uh, which is up on Trucking Social Media and YouTube, to explain a lot of this uh, that we're going to talk about tonight. But mm-hmm. um, you are really a, a health advocate. I mean, you ran the 8 in the morning uh, health on the top deck. We were walking around and exercising and doing all kinds of uh, all kinds of great stuff. So... Um, we'll start a little bit. Tell us a little bit uh, about you. You're a driver, how many years, how you got into health, and then we can move on into the um, the Mercy Heart organization. But I was pretty impressed. And if anybody's ever met Lori, Lori I, I know 20-year-olds who are in as good shape as you are. So I just, I just have to tell you. Oh, man. <laughs> oh man! <laughs> wow, I've been down on the surgery that I just had, um, and so it's it's not been. I I feel like I'm I'm kind of um, I don't know. You know, when you sit down and you're not doing too much, yeah. you think, oh my gosh, I'm just big as a barn. Uh, it's not true, but uh, anyway, right. it's just is what happens in, in surgery and when you're sitting down. I'm used to um, being pretty active. I I was raised on a farm out here in Texas in in Ferris. And uh, so I've always worked and I've always been pretty active and, and um, I like to exercise. I enjoy it. I do yoga. I taught yoga in several different venues, um, exercise and health, mostly about stretching and lengthening and elongating your muscles so that you're not tight and tense. When those tense situations come, your body will learn how to react and learn how to breathe as well with it. And so most of my, um, I don't know, I guess I started exercising in the uh, late 80s, well, the 70s, because I was a bull rider and rode bareback bronx and roped horse uh, and uh, cows and worked the farm with my papa. And uh, and so it's, there's a lot of exercise that goes with that. You've just got to be physically fit to do most of the stuff. And then I'm a flatbed truck driver as well. So that's another venue of activity that keeps me keeps me going. I I oh, use that's a fit rough. Yeah. God, that's you, a rough you, job. Yeah, I, yes, ma'am. It's um it's a good job though because for me I tried I've I've been driving most uh for eight years. Let's say it's specifically eight years geared to just driving. But as a kid on a farm, you drive tractors. I could back up at at 14 better than I could go forward because I had spent so much time backing into trailers, hooking trailers up, and then getting the horses on down the road or or the cows or whatever. So I've been driving a long time in in that aspect um, and hauling hay and all that kind of stuff. Anyway, but um, 
I started um, specifically driving um, 2013. Uh, well, actually, 99 is when I first got my license, my CDL license. And then I drove for a little bit and, and stopped and then drove a little bit more and stopped. And in 2013, um, I started driving again and I haven't stopped. Uh, that's when I met Real Women in Trucking. And, and that relationship and that journey began uh, for me. Oh, yeah, we had a great time um, on that, oh, at that cruise. I, I'll tell you, a lot went on during that time. And um, I'll tell you, we, you know, mm-hmm. it's, it's after an event. And I don't know if you're like this. You sit back and you start thinking of, you know, all the meetings and the presentations and the people you met. And that's mm-hmm. when it really sinks in of um, oh, what a wonderful time we all had. Um, so, needless to say, you are well, definitely I, a, a health buff. Um, yeah, no question oh, about I was that. excited. I was excited because of all the women, and then Pat Hockaday that came out in the mornings. Um, there was uh, a lot more than I had anticipated, and and that was exciting because um, you know it's not like I, I had a whole lot of time and could do a whole lot of stuff with my with my uh, shoulder being out. Um, but I was able to do enough to at least begin that process of stretching and, and teaching folks how to um, to get in there, like with a couple of the girls. You know, a lot of times we get behind the wheel, and, and our brain, it seems like there's a square right behind that wheel where that square is all you want to do is you want to be behind the wheel getting those miles, making sure that you're um, making all the, the money that you can. But we forget that sometimes there's a spiritual thing that's connected to that too, which means we got to get out of that truck. The physical energy of just getting out of that truck and exercising or, or just walking around the truck during that 30-minute break instead of sitting there eating on the 30-minute break. You know? And I've done, I've done several variations of that. Um, but it's important, and so I was excited to see the girls get out and, and start doing some physical activity. That was great. Yeah, it was. It, it was. it was a wonderful, wonderful event, and I'll tell you, we're already looking forward um, to next year's event, and um, congratulations to, uh, to Desiree Wood of Real Women in Trucking and to all the women who helped her um, put this event together because it was really just top-notch professional uh, event, and we we just got to meet everybody. And you know, the greatest thing is these these people that you meet aren't just names on a screen; they're real mm-hmm. people now. Okay, yeah. and and they have a personality and a spirit, and it's it's a lot different now when you talk to them. So I I think that's the greatest thing. Even like going to truck shows when you meet people. Uh, they're real people, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's what, man, it's been awesome um, because a few years ago when I first started, I, I didn't get to meet anybody for two years to physically meet them. I mean, we talked weekly and we shared, you know, all kinds of different um, in areas uh, of trucking and whatnot. Um, but when I got to see them, you know, you're right. There's something that just bonds that relationship when you um, – when you get to see them and you get to uh, break bread or shake hands and get hugs and whatnot, it's definitely more impressive than just speaking every now and again. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, 
Well, I'll tell you, Lori, we got a bunch of people jumping on the line, and these are just the people calling in. So I don't know how many more are listening uh, through the Internet. And um, I I guess they didn't hear our introduction, so I'm just going to go over a a couple of little things here um, for those who, who missed it. Uh, tonight, uh, we, we have Lori Baker with us. She's a professional drug driver, and um, and uh, like I said earlier, she has been uh, called to help mentor uh, a group of people who are the incarcerated and their families, and these people have a lot of obstacles to overcome. Uh, <clears throat> they have a lot of challenges to face, and uh, Lori's a part of the Mercy Heart organization, which has helped restore families in the crisis of incarceration, and they've been doing it for over 20 years. Uh, a lot of times these families are, are left to face um, shame, isolation, fear, and there are very few of us on the outside <clears throat> who are aware of the struggles, let alone, you know, relate to them. And I, mm-hmm. I think that's a, a big a big thing to say. It's hard to relate uh, to these groups of people. And... Uh, so, well, Lori's just going over her her, her health uh, advocacy, which, you know, once you meet her, you, you have no doubt that she's a, a health advocate. Uh, so let's just get into it. Um, tell us, how did you start to, to have your calling to join this uh, type of ministry, actually? And it is a ministry. Um, I got involved, and, and honestly, I, um, I have a history. Uh, a part of my past has to do with being incarcerated. And I met Marcy Hart while I was incarcerated. Um, there was a, I sent an I-60 out, which is a form from your prison uh, section. And you, anyway, that form goes over to the chaplain office, and I asked for places in a specific area of Texas where I ha- was going to try to go back to when I got out, and um, and they sent me a list of these places, and Mercy Heart, uh, and that's mercyheart.org on the internet if you want to get online and see about it. Um, they gave me their address as one of the uh, people or halfway houses where I could go, and I wrote them, and they said, well, we don't deal with the inmate per se. We don't have any kind of... In- insulation for you as a, a, a grown person with no little children um, because we don't have a place for you to stay but when you get out you can surely come but they also gave me a, um, a flyer to send to my family and let my family know if they had any issues and would like to go and, um, and of course my family went and, and was able to interact there's um, Mercy Heart well that's how I got to meet them, was through an I-60 and, and got a list of, of uh, names of Christian organizations where I could go and, uh, and be a part of. And now so originally – oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I, I was just going to ask you. So it's the prisons themselves that do offer uh, these types of um, organizations uh, to, ho- to well, those who are incarcerated, Right. No, they don't host them, but they do advocate for the inmate uh, and the family or the churches. 
So they they will make an appointment, like say, for instance, Mercy Heart. Uh, there's also this thing called Legacy Day. And Legacy Day is about taking the caregivers and the children into the prison to interact with the parent or the, the lost parent. Um, and so uh, in, in that venue, then on a Saturday, we would go in at 8 o'clock and then uh, leave by 4. And so the whole day is um, activities and food and fellowship and, and camaraderie, crying, hugging, you know, just having a really good, strong day. Um, and so there's different aspects of um, how Mercy Heart gets involved. But the, the chaplain themselves just have, like, say, pieces of paper where they know this is an establishment of uh, concern, uh, not concern, um, thoughtfulness towards the inmate. And they want to decrease the recidivism rate in um, our Texas prisons, so they allow the churches to come in to do these kinds of things. So do, does TDCJ actually have these events? No, but they do allow the churches to come in to have the event. Does that make sense? Yes. Now, you said at the time when you had reached out, they didn't have anything uh, for the the uh, inmates at the time, but uh, now they do have a, a ministry for those there. Well, uh, were you a part of changing that, or did it just evolve uh, over time? No, the actual because I didn't have any young children was the reason why they couldn't. They didn't have anything for me. Um, oh, just for okay. me as as a as an inmate alone. See, Mercy Heart goes back to dealing with the families, not necessarily the inmate themselves. Well, we do, and, but not on the onset. The onset is the lost family. And I'm putting okay. it the lost family because nine times out of ten, people believe that it's the inmate's problem, um, that the reason why they're in jail, and that it doesn't affect the family, which is so far from the truth. Because everybody, it's like an addiction. Uh, you're six times higher at going and that your children going to prison out of those who have been to prison. So it, mm-hmm. it, it affects the whole system. It, it affects the community. It affects the family members. It affects the children. It affects the next door neighbors because of all the grief and the drama that takes place when a person goes to jail and now the family is left alone without that particular family member, no matter how dysfunctional they might have been before they went in or how functional. Um, there is a loss and a grief, which our society hasn't created uh, any kind of rite of passage for that, for the family. Now, there's a whole lot of churches that deal with the inmate themselves, but not the family necessarily. So sometimes the family just gets lost in believing, well, it's really not my problem. But yet they sure. get saddled with the financial uh, insecurity, um, the emotional strain, uh, the spiritual or the energy, you know, if you didn't have any kids one day and you got three now, that's a lot of strain, and it causes a lot of, uh, of tension. Uh, and so that's a part of what Mercy Heart wants to do is their primary purpose is to help families go through this crisis uh, and to gain esteem and to uh, identify the shame for what it is, let go of it, and, and and have relationships with other folks who understand, who've been there, or who's, who's there to try to help them walk through it 
not just hold their hand and say, oh, good job, but actually walk them through. Um, and so there's a lot of mentors um, as well. An, another aspect of, of that particular, um, it's like what you were talking about. There was a, a scripture in Matthew 25 and where it yes. talks about um, us going into the prison. You know, that is key for us to get in there and try to help these families come together and then teach them how to be okay and let go of the resentment, the shame, and the guilt uh, that they have connected with the inmate themselves as well. Well, you know, I just, you, you, you brought up Matthew 25, and, you know, a lot of people, of, of course, this is a spiritual show um, uh, because Mercy Heart does, it, it does base itself around the, the teachings of Christ. So uh, for those who want to hear, so what would Jesus do? What did he feel about people in prison? <laughs> so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read, I am going to read Matthew um, 25, 34 through 40, and, and this will answer that question, and it, it's pretty moving. So it said, then the king will say to those on his right, come you who blessed uh, who are blessed by my father Take your inheritance For I was hungry and you gave me something to eat I was thirsty and you gave me something to drink I was a stranger and you invited me in I needed clothes and you clothed me I was sick and you look after me I was in prison and you came to visit me uh, then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you or thirsty or give you something to drink? When, when did we see you as a stranger and invite you in or needed clothes? And when did we see you in prison or go and visit you? And the king will reply, I tell you the truth, whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers of mine you did for me. So uh, there is a strong uh, command to have compassion on those in prison, uh, as well as the mm-hmm. hungry and the thirsty and the sick. So that's your answer uh, right there. Um, uh, I, I know that's a that's pretty powerful. I told you when, when we met and you told me that you do mm-hmm. this, that first came to my head. Uh, and so <laughs> I, I looked, yeah, yeah. Yes, ma'am, so, yes, anyway. ma'am. You know, I want to tell you, um, we don't force Christianity even though we are a spiritual-based organization, we don't push it, um, you know, like, uh, well, you've got to read this scripture, you've got right. to do that. No, we encourage a relationship, and it's a functional relationship, and, and that's a part of the next section of what Mercy Heart does. It instructs, teaches, and equips churches how to do this ministry, how to participate with um, gaining uh, from the website, you can go on and see what we offer, some of the, the studies and the group studies for, for folks to be able to come together and talk to your church about Mercy Heart and how you might be able to incorporate some of this stuff in your own church. And, and we're right now we're just in Texas. However, We've got the new system, um, the new website that's giving a broader perspective to go out to other states. So my encouragement is for folks to go online, to give a call, uh, and and I would willingly share at any moment uh, with folks who would uh, like to get involved on how to be able to go about doing that. But mercyheart.org. 
Um, and and I went the, over there, and mentioned. they have a con- they do have a contact us button uh, for everybody who wants to you know know more. Uh, the mm-hmm. the website's great. It has a blog, um, and we're going to touch on a couple of those um, blogs in a moment. But um, you can just leave your message of whatever you want to share with them. They do have a great one. It's a one minute video up there that kind of explains what they do. <laughs> it's very short and to the yeah. point. But uh, the blog uh, posts on there are very good, too. And um, I think they would help anybody who's interested or who's looking for help both. So um, I'm going to take a a short break, Lori, and we're going to come back. And I want to touch on some of the obstacles and challenges that are faced by the families, the children, the inmates, and uh, what what are some of the toughest challenges that they all meet. So uh, we'll be right back with Lori Baker and uh, the incarceration of families through Mercy Heart. Heads up, truckers. Are you looking for deals on trucks, trailers, parts, or equipment? Or maybe you need to sell something truck-related. Well, there's a great spot on the web where truckers deal with other truckers. No middlemen involved. That's why we call it TruckerToTrucker.com. There's no charge at all for looking. And if you want to place an ad for what you're selling, it's just $19.95. And it runs till it sells. So whether you're buying or selling, it's time to log on and take a look. TruckerToTrucker.com. Check it out. That's TruckerToTrucker.com. Hey everybody, Alan Smith here, and I want to tell you about TruckerLawyers.com. TruckerLawyers.com helps drivers with their legal needs, and they specialize in workers' compensation, trucking accidents, employment law, and other areas. TruckerLawyers.com arms you with important information regarding workers' compensation and your legal rights, and they are also available to help you find assistance for additional legal issues. This includes determining how to get you the best benefits possible for your situation. The website site truckerlawyers.com is a resource where you can learn more about your legal rights as a driver. Feel free to continue the social media conversation by liking them on Facebook at www.facebook.com forward slash truckerlawyers and follow them on Twitter as at truckerlawyers. Call them to talk through your questions at 1-800-736-5503. Okay, welcome back, everybody. We have with us trucker Lori Baker, and she's talking to us uh, on our Thursday evening health show uh, about uh, the challenges of those incarcerated, both uh, the families and those incarcerated, and how Mercy Heart uh, reaches out to them uh, to, uh, to to actually help help with these challenges, get them through it, and help them come back. Uh, out and, and, and into nor- normalcy. So, anyway, um, Lori, welcome back. And uh, I just want to go over a, a couple of things. Um, and by the way, there's a lot of people listening. So, everybody who's on the line right now through your phone, if you want to ask Lori a question, please click one on your keypad and that'll notify me that you want to be on the show. And for those listening on the internet, if you want to be a part of the show, 
just call in 347-826-9170, and then once again, click one on your keypad. Uh, so anyway, Lori, let, let's let's just go over. Uh, tell us what are some of the biggest challenges that the families are faced with uh, that, that you found, and then how you help them to overcome these, these challenges? <clears throat> well, I think uh, as far as a family is concerned, uh, the, the biggest obstacle is having that missing person, of course. Uh, but not only that, uh, that being the most identifiable, is they're, um, they're being overwhelmed with things they have to do now. And to keep up that kind of a pace uh, without having any um, emotional place to go, if you will. Sometimes, of course, there's other friends and families. I'm not saying that people are are uh, uninformed, but sometimes um, most of what I've heard, like um, I'm also a recovering um, alcoholic, and and honestly, most people believe that the identified person is the problem, and there's no need to get any help. So sometimes when somebody's being affected, like say, for instance, by shame, because they're ashamed that their child went to prison and now they put it on themselves, sometimes that's exactly what happens, and the lie begins right there because it wasn't your fault. Uh, There's no way it was one person's fault that another person went to jail. But we take on, as we as human beings take on so much. Uh, of, of course, if, uh, a woman who does too much, is, I take on a whole lot of stuff that's not mine to take. But yet at the same token, you've got to be able to be around other supportive people who are going through what you've been through, and they're out there. We've got a, a wellspring of ladies, men, uh, teenagers, and, uh, and kids that have uh, learned how to adjust uh, and, and make the psychosocial transition into a healthier environment. And, and it, it's not a cure-all, but definitely it's a relationship with other folks and our maker. <clears throat> so that's, so, um, I think, the biggest challenges. Okay, so it's the loneliness. Um, the responsibility, um, feeling overwhelmed because now all of a sudden they have to take on a lot of the burden, and mm-hmm. um, and and like almost ashamed. I mean, um, you know, as though it it's weird, but as though it's their fault. Well, <clears throat> I think part of that, Lori. I'm going to tell you what I think. Mm. We always say we shouldn't judge people. But the fact is, people do judge people, okay? Yeah. And, you know, I'm a firm believer, you know, and we very rarely, you know, uh, talk about religion on our shows, but I can't help this. Um, we we always say we shouldn't judge. Uh, I'm a believer that if not by the grace of God, we could be in anybody else's shoes. Yeah. So, yeah. I, really, I, got I mean, <laughs> <laughs> I, so, I got caught. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
but we could we could just be you know that person that you're you're looking down on or something um and and the, that's one of the reasons that these people feel the shame because they know that um people do judge other people and um even mm-hmm. though you know if they're not the ones that did it or 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 whatever so you can imagine what is some of the struggles that you've talked with with the um with the inmates, what is their biggest challenge? Not being able to change. Not being so able to fear. be out there. The fear. The fear of the future fear. being like the past. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, so and, you help. And, and Go ahead. Mm-hmm. Um, that's primarily, um, primarily it, it's anywhere you go, there's, um, oh, well, for me, uh, anywhere I go, uh, there's a still small voice. It's not like I hear an audible voice saying, go, Lori. <laughs> it's not like that. It's the beginning of a relationship with uh, with God for me. Um, and having that relationship, it's every day I'm, I'm sharing and, and I'm asking and I'm asking for guidance and direction. And, and to have a relationship with somebody, you've got to spend time. And these people, a lot of these people don't have people to spend time with them. They don't have that opportunity, let's say, in spending time with people, getting to know them. It comes that way with the Lord as well. Or for me it did because when I was in prison, I had been to prison already once. And I didn't want to be the same. But I was so afraid of change. And what was it really going to do and how is it going to benefit me or how was I going to be able to benefit uh, other folks again too? Um, and so, you know, I had to do one of those things that's really difficult, which is lay it down and lay everything down. Part of the right. reason why I never, I never wanted to go back into the prisons. I'll be honest with you. I didn't ask for that job. But the Lord put that at my feet. And said, because the day I got out of prison, I went to Mercy Heart that Thursday. It was that day. And so my brother and um, my son and I went to Mercy Heart that first night. And I've been going ever since. It took me a year. That's some of the stuff that we got to go through, is we got to do some things that we're not necessarily so comfortable in. You know, I didn't feel comfortable going and talking and sharing with other folks. I didn't. Right. But I knew this. What I had been doing got me where I was, and I didn't want to go back there again. And so right. uh, I think sometimes that's the biggest thing with them. And also inmates, uh, their shame and guilt. You know, it, some part of that guilt is right because they did do whatever it is, probably, or maybe. I, I can't judge them, but, um, but it's definitely there's more of a guilt uh, phenomenon with uh, with inmates, and then that creating another negative, which causes uh, low self-esteem and no confidence, and it, it just starts circling around and making this horrible rut, and then you can't get away from the rut because your feet are so used to being in the same spot, going in the same direction, doing the same thing, you don't realize that you're creating your own madness, if you will. Well, it, and it so sounds to me, it's the fear of uh, just not knowing how to change, really. Is that, yeah. am I correct? Huh? 
Yes, ma'am. Um, I, I think it, it's, we don't, sometimes, I don't know about you and, and other folks, but I know for me, if I don't see a difference like quick, then I'll go on to something else. When I never dated that time of that relationship again, we're getting right back into sometimes things happen. Bad things happen to good people. Good things happen to bad people. Bad things happen to bad it, it all comes around and goes around. So whatever cards are being dealt, it's me having to learn how to adjust and position myself to receive something positive out of it. I never would right. have said three years back in 2010 when I first got incarcerated that I would be sitting here in 2017 on blog talk radio talking about going back into prison. No way. Right. I couldn't see what he sees. I couldn't see it. But as I kept right. stepping up and building relationship, not only with the Lord, but with other people that are like-minded. And that's mm-hmm. important because I, I was, when I first got out, there was a person that was close to me that was using drugs. They were using this, and, and I was like, are you serious? But I had peace, and I couldn't understand that. I never had peace about being around drugs before. I always tried to get the heck away from whoever was doing whatever. But the peace was different for me. And that's what the Lord gave me was that peace that I don't have to go back there again. I don't have right. to do the things that I did before because that's over. And it's like that same rut that we were just talking about. Once I realized, holy moly, it's happening. But it didn't happen overnight. It was something that I just had to sit through some painful events. And go, you know what? I'm going to walk through this with honor and dignity of a woman, not the minuscule, finite little girl that I can act like, you know, jump up and down and stomp my feet and stuff. <laughs> right, right, right. Well, you know, which brings which brings me up to another question. You know, uh, have, have you come across perhaps some of the um, apprehension that the families have is the fear of perhaps when they come out that they're going to do the same things. Have you come across that? Yes. That's a part of why Mercy Heart is um, it takes the Legacy Day. Um, Legacy Day is the family's already involved. And we we send out, um, um, <clears throat> like say, for instance, um, there's a man um, that's in, in jail and he would like to become a part of Mercy Heart. He sends that paperwork out, and then they send him back that same uh, schedule they did for me, which is asking me, do you have any small children? Do you have caregivers in this particular area or, or whatnot? And then they link them up with the chaplain, and then we'll bring their kids and the caregivers into the prison for like on a Saturday. Now, they have uh-huh. to be case-free. And they have to be uh, uh, doing the best they can to stay out of trouble, which is, is sometimes very difficult. And, uh, and I don't want to be negative, but difficult when you're trying to be managed and you just want to move on down the road. Um, KCJ mm-hmm. sometimes can have some difficult people working there. I'll just say it like that. Um, sure, anyway, so sure. They, an- they antagonize a lot of times. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, and especially when people are down. Now, we're not supposed to judge those folks either because they're in a, a position of authority. And yet, at the same token, it is tough. 
Uh, anyway, so that's how the criteria goes. And so then we bring the kids in, and like a year after I was out, I had already gotten my volunteer chaplaincy, and uh, they said I could go back in. And I went into hobby unit, which I wasn't at a hobby. Uh, some of my friends were. Um, I was in Hilltop, Mountain View, and Plain State, and Woodman um, during my stay. And, uh, oh, Lockhart, too. Anyway, uh, but, oh, my goodness. Anyway, so we, we take them in. So we'll take, um, let's say, all the family members will show up, and we'll have eight to 12 families uh, that show up. We bring a, a string of volunteers that are, are uh, versed in children's um, learning how to, for the children to interact, and we have three different groups for kids age-appropriate, and, uh, and definitely um, we deal with uh, the situations that come up. Each individual person, let's say, for instance, we'll have one group that's the men, we'll have one group that's the, the ladies or the caregivers, and that could be men too. Um, but then we have also three different groups for the kids. And so what we do is we bring them in. Uh, we have breakfast, uh, kind of a bunch of sugar stuff, but... <laughs> Uh, and drinks, and then we fellowship and break bread together and introduce ourselves. And, and then we host throughout the whole day. Um, there's a memory verse, of course, with uh, John uh, 3.16, uh, which is the verse that everybody kind of shares with and whatnot. Um, and, and then we have different groupings. So um, most all of these are to engage and to uh, have uh, an initiative for them to be able to get up and interact with other people and get up and interact, not necessarily with, and they're, and they're in their family groups, but they're going around and talking. Like we have this one called public bingo. And so on the bingo card, it's a bunch of questions on there. Like, do you have blonde hair? Do you like ice cream? And so you've got to run around the class or the, the gymnasium and find out who does have that or, you know, has that relation. That, and so then that way you're getting to know people. Again, right. relational issues. And uh, anyway, so throughout the day, then we do things like that. Then we come together, and then we talk about stuff. Um, talk about the things that hurt you when your dad left. Or, and, and anyway, it, it just moves in such a wonderful um, energy. And there's tears. Because some of those resentments that some of those people have towards one another, kids, adults and everything comes back and it gets addressed and at least they have this venue to be able to say, you know, that hurt and I'm going to do the best I can and I apologize for what I did and, and oh, it's, it's incredibly intense uh, and it's not therapeutic, but it is therapeutic. Um, anyway, well, so that's uh, the day with that. Okay, that's, and that's the legacy day too? Yes, that's the legacy day, a day with dad or a day with mom. That is legacy, and it's a part of Mercy Heart. Um, it's, um, anyway. <laughs> okay. So um, we, we, for those who just jumped on, we were just addressing, you know, some of the challenges that both the inmates face and the um, – and I'm just repeating this, uh, Lori, because I notice people just, you know, it happens when you have a show. People come on and off and on and off. So, mm -hmm. um, But the challenges that the people incarcerated have and the families, what they have uh, for review, 
uh, a lot of the inmates are, are fear of change. You know, uh, it sounds like mm-hmm. they were fe- a fear of failure, actually. Yeah. Supposing I can't change. Uh, I would agree. Right. <laughs> and, or or um, having tried so many different times. Right. Yeah. So, uh, and then the the family, um, their challenges and their fear. And we also touched on: Will they fail? They're they're afraid that they're going to fail. Also, they don't want to go through this again. So then they mm-hmm. have these programs that Lori was just uh, talking about, where the families go there and they talk. Now, as far as um, afraid of failure or afraid of change, is there any kind of tools that are giving given to uh, those in prison that will help them to be able to change? What what kind of tools are given to them? Well, as, as far as the, the prison itself, it, it really just depends on, on their level of interest. Uh, if, and, and sometimes I think, you know, on the majority of the major breaking point for most people is, why did God let me go through this? Why? Uh-huh. And, right. and instead of, and it's difficult because we all have that tendency to want to ask why. I didn't have to go right. through that. Why did you make me go through that? And really, in, in life on life's terms, this is the way things happen. It's not – it's a loving God will embrace you in his arms when he knows, and he'll cry for you, with you, as you're walking through it. Uh, but there's – unfortunately, there's no way for God to be able to change what will of another person. And so sometimes when bad things happen – um, that's that, that part of that relationship. No, I don't understand it. No, I don't get it. Um, but I'm going to trust that you're going to make this right on the backside, um, that you want to help me to be able to function through it. Um, but if you're not given that kind of culture and you don't know that, you know, you didn't have a relationship with him or you did have a relationship and now um, you're really lost. Because I think that's the primary reason why um, there's so much depression, diabetes, um, uh, obesity, there's um, heart failure. All these things are geared towards we want to make things now. We want to make our feelings go away so we eat, or we want our feelings to go away so we use drugs, or we have sex, or, or any number of other addictive kind of uh, realities. But the bottom line is there's no way that any outside entity or, um, or thing is going to make me feel better. It may for the moment, but I'm going to feel worse on the backside because if I eat and then I lay down instead of exercise, then I'm going to get bigger. And, and so sometimes I think we uh, we can have kind of like a, a deflated um, process of walking through things. Instead of walking right. through it, we shut down. And so well, um, I think that's a lot. That happens with truckers too, though. It's not just a um, uh, an inmate issue or a child issue of a, of an inmate, uh, but it happens to everybody. I've seen so many in doing some of the things that I do with the, the women truckers. I do videos of how to work out in a small space um, because if you don't see it and you don't think you can do that, so that's why the video and then the instruction after uh, is sometimes people need that visual. Um, you know, there's a lot of different learning styles anyway. Um, well, you know, to, that's to another reason you you compared them to truckers, and uh, which reminds me 
uh, there's so many truckers that don't want to uh, drive anymore, but that's all they've known, and mm-hmm. they're, they're the same idea of uh, fear of, well, I can't change. What can I do? This is all I know. And for those listening who, you know, who have ever thought about that, th- this mm-hmm. is kind of uh, what people in prison feel well, how do I check? What can, I don't know any other way of life, and 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 how am I going to fit in? And so that pressure and fear. Mm-hmm. But the nice thing about it is that after um, after they are released and they are reconnected with their family, uh, the the mercy heart continues. Am I correct? Yes, and that is, I think, the pinnacle of of what's going on um, with trying to do something different. If you don't show up, you'll never know. And, um, and if, you know, something, somebody told me a long time ago, if you give this 100% of your attention, of your dedication, your motivation, if you give this 100%, you will not be have any doubt about its its ability to be able to function um, and, and that has to do with whatever you put yourself into uh, if you do it halfway where you're going to get halfway but if you right. dive into it and give it everything you've got you'll stay sober you'll stay out of that situation or you'll be able to get around some other people that have that energy that want to do something different and then it'll bleed off on you instead of hanging out by yourself where you're in danger, because our mind is where the battlefield is. Our mind will tell us to do this, and it's no more the truth than the man in the moon. You've got to have people to be accountable with to be able to know when you're messing up or when you're not and when you're on the right path or just being a tad bit paranoid. <laughs> well, that's, that's what we were talking about. A lot of these groups we were talking about, uh, on uh, Facebook, like the, the Driven to Be Healthy, the Mats Together. Yes. These are all the groups that, you know, h- humans need that kind of camaraderie, and they want to yes. be accountable, and they they want to have other people to relate to. They want to have people to encourage them. They want to encourage others, and it, it's, it's really... Um, it's really an important part of of health, uh, emotional yes. health, mental health. So it's ironic that these physical challenges that are out on social media, um, actually there's a lot of spirituality and uh, emotional backup to these, mm. these uh, groups, mm-hmm. uh, even though right. they're trying to get healthier and eat right and exercise and lose weight and be stronger um, the support is, is, is amazing. So my question is, um, after they're released and they're reconnected with their family, is there a limit to how long they can keep going to these meetings, or is it ongoing? No. It's as long as, as you want or need. Uh, a part of what we do um, is Thursday night in the Halton City. That's the Halton City Mercy Heart. And there's many other Mercy Hearts. Uh, the only thing um, that would be different at a Benbrook Mercy Heart or a Denton Mercy Heart here in Texas 
is the children's programming. The rest of it would be pretty much the same um, level of functioning is not the same because women tend to um, and, and men tend to have the same kinds of psychosocial uh, and, and physical um, issues. So we can usually deal with, deal with that programming with the same uh, kind of background or backward uh, in the Bible or, or whatever we're dealing with at the time. Um, but the kids would be a little bit different. And I don't know what the differences are, but I know Holton City does uh, specific things uh, to help with the, um, I think I think the word is it's not flexibility, but it's a um, resilience uh, training and also a Bible um, a study for the kids. But also there's physical activities, psychological uh, encouragement, um, and whatnot that they get, and they get games, and they get Bibles, and they get to go outside and play, and there's three different sections of kids in their age groups as well. And so the physical fitness that goes along with that is incredible as well because, you know, if you're physical, you'll release more tension and stress than you would if you were just sitting down. That's right. part of, I think, what's a missing event with the older adults is they don't get that physical uh, interaction. You know how in, in school, you know, we used to have to take PE. You had to be physical right. for at least 15 minutes That's in right. class. Right. right. But that, right. they were onto something because the physical part of, of all of this is you need to be physical to let go of the stressors that you've got going on in your life. Um, <laughs> but well, on Thursday uh, nights, well, we, we – Okay, go ahead, go ahead. I'm interested. No, sorry, I'm going back to your original question. Uh, on Thursday nights at Halton City, is we get together first, and then we pray. We have a meal together. Uh, they talk about what's going on with Mercy Heart. Who's the, we have a flyer that's on the table that, that tells about the events that have been happening for the next week. There's an inmate that will write. So somebody writes another inmate and, and encourages them in their faith or and whatever else person might need. Um, and so then we talk about that, and we do birthdays, too, and sing and whatnot. And then we break up into our small groups, which is men, women, and then the um, um, children's group. And, um, and then after that, then we just come back together and, and – um, well, actually, now it's not coming back together. It's uh, – then we release about 8.30. So we get together at 5.30, and then we release by 8.30. Um, and so that's three hours of interaction, engaging. They have free food. Um, the food's free. The, we have extra breads and cakes and cookies and stuff that the families can take home with them. And this is a part of what Mercy Heart does inside of the, the Glenview Church there in Halton City. And so, so how do they, who pays for that? Uh, the church, the church, and Mercy Heart. Now, do, do, is there donations, donations that they seek to help? Sure. Uh, so, how can people send a donation to help with that? Go to mercyheart.org. Well, on, at mercyheart.org, there's a give section um, where, if it's in your heart to uh, give to the families of incarcerated and help keeping these programs going. Uh, of course, um, there's that blog, and then, of course, you could talk to your church about uh, mercyhot.org coming into your church 
And so your church could then have that ministry to carry on um, and, and help reduce the recidivism rate as well. And also gain uh, gainful people um, to become members um, possibly of your church. And, uh, and definitely it's worthy, worthy. I've, I've never been the same. Uh, and I still go to Mercy Heart. Uh, they encourage uh, because we can only give what we have if we give away. We've got to learn how to get outside of the self, the self part of it. Um, yes, and, that's and right. sometimes I think that we've got to get out and do things for other folks. That's absolutely true. Yes. You're right. Um, I was going to ask you, okay, but this is only in Texas, right? I mean, if, no, if someone's right listening and they live in California, they – and they went to their church and said, oh, you, you need to get involved in Mercy Heart. It, it doesn't exist. Like, we're in Florida. They, they wouldn't have a Mercy Heart in Florida. Well, not uh, not today, but that is what the, if you'll, when you look on the uh, mercyheart.org, you will see the capabilities of bringing it in, into your church and doing everything online. We don't have to come out and teach you how to do this. Um, okay. And, and I saw so the then what we do is Yes. Okay. Um, yeah. Anyway, so um, you can get involved now a lot easier than you could last year. It was only Texas-based. But now, because of the flexibility of social media, we're going to be able to get out there and, and have the message sent that you don't now, for have those, to be alone. For those listening, I'm sure each um, each state has programs, Right. Uh, and if somebody is looking for some kind of a, a support group uh, for both them, themselves, their family, and those incarcerated, um, what's the best way to uh, look that up? Do you uh, um, contact the, the jail where they're at, the chaplain? Um, I'm sure they could Google it, you know, support groups for, you know, whatever county in the state they're in. Um, but just to let people who are listening know that such things do exist, and um, if you're in Texas, uh, absolutely, you know, you want to get involved for the physical camaraderie because I think that's a huge thing on Thursday nights, uh, Lori. Mm-hmm. That's a that's a three-hour, you know, actual, you know, in-your-face type of thing. Um, and, mm-hmm. and I, I think that would be very helpful. Uh, but so, how would they do that? Just Google it. Um, well, is Google that is your friend. Um, okay. That's one of the the ways. But then, if you have somebody that's incarcerated, uh, and and they do have a chaplain, even if the chaplain and and they have a series, most people of word of mouth, when you're in, incarcerated, uh, everything gets around really quick. Um, but if you'll contact your chaplain, send an I-60 uh, or ask them to send an I-60 to find out what's going on in your neighborhood. The way to get involved in Mercy Heart, of course, again, is, is getting online and asking your church and, and petitioning your church through prayer and supplication um, and, and get your, your facts together and, and lay it out for the church. And if they have a heart for ministry, which most churches do, it's sometimes this is one thing that hasn't been dealt with by a lot of um, structural church work is the mm-hmm. getting with the family 
and, and giving the family the support that they need. And, yes, we want to reach out to the inmates. Of course we do. Um, but the family is on that front line, and that front line is where it's being damaged so greatly. Um, and, and like I was saying, uh, kids that are coming up are six times higher to go to jail because they have an incarcerated parent. And, and if they have the genes of alcohol and drugs, then their 50% chance are going to have that. So we've got some, some uh, struggles. But at the same token, it can, be, it, it can be averted if we start working now while the children are little because the children are our future. We've got to have them healthy and learning how to, to deal with, um, with things that happen to you. We've got to try to teach them and at least give them an opportunity to be able to reach out and, and find a relationship um, with God and with other folks that can help. Well, just for everybody listening, I do have another question, a couple of other questions. Um, uh, number one, they uh, Mercy Heart is on Twitter. It's at Mercy Mercy Heart USA. Okay, that's their Twitter tag, Mercy Heart USA. And on Facebook, you can like the page. Uh, it's uh, Mercy Heart Ministries. So if you type in uh, on Facebook, Mercy Heart Ministries, you can you can like the page and learn more about it. And then you can go to um, mercyheart.org to look to go to the website. Um, I, by the way, the reason that um, a couple of people couldn't make the show tonight because it is Thursday night and they are having one of their <laughs> three-hour sessions. So. Yes. Uh, but you know uh, that's okay. We could have a follow up sometime on another night and uh, and like that. Uh, I was going to ask you. Um, oh, I know. At these meetings, right? Uh, do you ever get mm-hmm. into um, kind of like mentoring or information on how to help people? Let's say get their GED or go to a junior college or a tech school or um, you know, help them into a, a new career or something like that. Is is any of that ever uh, part of those meetings? Well, um, there's a couple of places in Fort Worth that have that specific um, uh, educational area. Uh, and with them, what we do is refer them out. Um, there's some other, like uh, Cornerstone and um, some other uh, ministries there in Fort Worth that deal specifically with that and that that's what their ministry is generated towards. We also have uh, like food pantries and um, uh, clothes and those kinds of things as well, birth certificates, some of that as well. And so, I mean, we have a referral source. So uh, when I got out, I, I had, you know, several areas because I didn't have anything. I'd lost everything when I went I went in and um, and anyway, so it just started, um, you know, blossoming from there. And I mentor with other women, um, <clears throat> not so much at Mercy Heart because of my job, but I do minister and get phone numbers and and mentor some of the girls that want to talk and that have been where we've been and and are now going in a new direction. Okay. So yeah, there's there's all of those uh, are are available out there. And and so let me ask you. So when are you um, 
when are you when are you getting your? I know we talked. I, you're you're going to have a website up soon, and we talked about you know helping you get that up. Um, what are you mm-hmm. going to have on your website? Uh, is it going to be a health advocacy? Is it going to be Mercy Heart? Is it going to be everything? Well, it, it's uh, it's going to be a little bit of everything because not only um, do I advocate for Mercy Heart, there's uh, Life on the Rocks, a ministry that's another prison ministry in which I go into prisons with them as well and do some volunteer work or, or have. And uh, uh, Charles Fisher and Nikki uh, head that up out of a church in, in Grapevine. Um, and also then um, I will have definitely videos on exercise and 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 that, and then my my ministry has actually been uh, wherever I go, um, and and the Lord had me on uh, OTR for a long time, and and I didn't want to be OTR, and and He said, but that's where I need you, um, and and it just behooves me how He put us in places uh, that we really don't want to go. I, I felt like Jonah. I, I don't want to go. <laughs> I don't right. want to do that. I know you're asking me to, but I don't want to. <laughs> Yeah, right. Uh, like I'm a little, like I'm a little kid, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, but yeah. I would have, I had lots of opportunities to meet with people, and uh, and I tell you, it's been incredible because I've met a lot of really good people, and I've met a lot of really broken people as well, and and just help and support, and um, and giving that uh, prayer, um, and definitely uh, having them on my heart. But I will uh, roll down the, the freeway. I've had different places that, that I've stopped and, and, and just had opportunities to share life and share light instead of darkness. And it's been incredible because just making some of those stops and then somebody reaching out and saying, hey, can you? And I'm like, no, I can't do that, but I bet you I can do this. Hold on one second. And I'll go make uh, some moves um, and, and get them exactly what they needed or somebody else had that resource. And so it's been incredible. It's been an incredible movement to watch God work. And I didn't know anybody in that. Uh, it was a pilot that I stopped at one time, and, and I just pulled in, and, and the guy right next to me, well, his um, his co-driver had uh, had a heart attack, and he had no money, no food, no nothing. And the company, because he was uh, not really a driver, a co-driver, he was a, a lumper or a helper, and uh, they didn't send him any money or anything. And, and so um, I walked over. I gave him, uh, like, a, a bag because I carry everything in my truck. I had water, a soda. I had a candy bar and chips and a sandwich and, and got him hooked up with that and then went in to the, um, the pilot. Now, I didn't know anybody at that pilot. Talked to the manager, and the manager says, I want to go meet this guy. Oh, my goodness. And he stepped right on out there, and, and it's just God doing for us what we can't do for ourselves. You know, that That's guy right. wasn't going to go in and ask, but here I am. Sure. Uh, sure. And, and so it, he just uses me that way in every place, in every situation. It, it just doesn't – it ceases to amaze me um, when, he's, when he needs me and where I'm at. Um, so and, you know, that's, that's kind of like a, a catalyst for others, too, because, you know – this is kind of like a, te- a testimony, you know, and and when people hear it, they're like, well, I want to do that, too, you know. <laughs> wow. Well, you do it wherever hey, um, you are. Yeah. 
Uh, listen, everybody listening, uh, I tell you, nobody's moving. Um, we've had uh, people coming and going, but the last group on here now, they, they seem to be quite content. Uh, so uh, click number one on your keypad uh, it, before the show ends if you have any questions or comments even or ideas uh, about uh, Mercy Heart, uh, the any kind of health advocacy um, or how to be involved or if you'd want to be involved or questions, anything. So click one on your keypad. And for everybody who's on the Internet listening, oh, I got somebody I got okay. I got uh, two people up. Oh, oh, one put their hand down. Okay. Um, and for those listening on the internet, uh, dial in three four seven eight two six nine one seven zero, and then click one on your keypad, and um, you can you can be a part of the show. Okay. Area code nine one seven. Uh, who do we have here? Hi, um, this is Allison. Hey, Allison. Hey. How are you? <laughs> I'm doing well. How are you? I'm good. We were. T- I don't know. Um, I can't remember if. Let's see, if you were listening from the very beginning when we were talking about the. the uh, cruise I was and trying to find a parking spot. Yes, I was trying to find oh, a parking spot. Okay. <laughs> I got parked. And um, I just wanted to call in and give Lori accolades for being such an inspiration, for showing, sharing about her um, past of uh, broken promises and shattered dreams and her walk through the correction system. And I think that um, sometimes you have to go through those. Like she was wondering, you know, like a lot of people ask, you know, why do I have to go through it? But sometimes if you think back or you look back or reflect on your life, Maybe we walk through those doors and walk through that institution to to get onto the other side. We can do this. You know, not everyone can walk in the shoes that you walked in, but you made it through to the other side, and you're here to show that there you don't have to stay stuck in a vicious cycle of drugs and alcohol and craziness and all that. There is life. You know, there is hope. There is a promise. There is a dream. And I uh, and you I come out stronger. You come out stronger. <laughs> What is that saying? Well, what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> and you're Definitely. able, you know, unless you've been going through something, let's face it, it's hard to be empathetic um, unless you've been through something, unless you really, you know, you're just that type of person that can have empathy even if you haven't. But once you have been through a situation yourself, you're so much more able to help others because you really no, do. Definitely. When you say, oh, I know how it feels, you really do know how it feels. <laughs> it's like losing a loved one, you know. It, it's hard to relate unless you've lost a loved one yourself. So, you know, uh, w- when you walk through the fires, you know, and you come out, I think it's almost our obligation in life to help others walk out of them also. So uh yeah, I'm really thrilled to to have you on and and um and and share all all this with us. Um I'm trying to scroll down here if anybody else know that's you Allison uh with your hand up. Okay, it's just listeners on tonight. Um I appreciate you calling in. Uh how's it going? 
with you. It's uh, going well. It's going well. You know, it's always something. If it ain't something, it ain't right. <laughs> right. That's right. Trucking, I, baby. I, trucking 101. I promise you. <laughs> it's, it's an Every day is a new adventure. And it's and still like I got in my nails today. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> Part of the deal. Are you a flat better, too? Uh, yes, ma'am, I am. Mm-hmm. Oh, boy, oh, that's yeah. a rough job. Oh, my goodness. No wonder you two stay in shape so well. Allison's the reason why I was with Real Women in Trucking. I met her through my brother, and we've been friends ever since. Oh, okay. Yeah. And uh, yeah. the um, I'm trying to think. Okay, no. Uh, the, the lady... Oh, that was Shannon's mother. Okay, I'm trying to replace uh, place everybody from the cruise, but the um, right. that one woman, that's Shannon's mother. Okay, um, but it was great <laughs> to see everybody. <coughs> mm-hmm. Okay, we, I'm ladies, gonna I'm going to go back on listening to y'all, and I'm enjoying the okay, show. Yeah. I don't know a whole lot about Mercy Heart. I'm just you know, educating myself listening to y'all, but I do appreciate it, and I love hearing your voice, and um. You know, being honest about where you're coming from and where you're trying to get to and opening the doors for other people to come through. You know, they don't be scared and, you know, that you can walk a, a better, different life. It's, yeah. you, it's never too late to change. That's it. Yeah. Absolutely. And that goes uh, for y'all anything. Anything. All right. Night okay. um, I'm going to open up another line. Lori, can you stick around or do you need to go? No, sure. I'm fine. Oh, okay, good. I've got another another hand up. It was that last call of hands up. They're they're up now. Okay. Okay. Um, I I I have a strange phone number, uh, but your line is open. Hey, it's Carolyn O'Byrne. Uh, oh, Carolyn hi, O'Byrne Carolyn. <laughs> of LifeCoachService.net. Uh, That's uh, the you, one. Your ears. Were your ears burning in the beginning of the show? Because I, no. I, uh, I mentioned you in our introduction. Oh, I thought your ears might have started burning, and, and you might have. <laughs> I meant, I meant to be here. I meant to be here at the beginning, but life got a little bit hairy, and uh, it, it took me a little bit to get in. But I snuck in here and a little while okay, back, well, and I've been glad. listening, and here I am. Well, I'm glad you did. Um, so what? What would you like to add to this conversation tonight? Well, I I was thinking of that. I was thinking, what did I have to add to to it? I can say that, Lori, if you if you want any um, inside help of the whys of of these emotional situations, I can help you with that, which you can help someone else. It. If you ever wanted to have a quick chat about any particular certain situation, I could probably give you a little insight on that because the emotional aspect of it, it's physical and emotional. You're not going to find one without the other. And it is so strong and it is so difficult. And so if you ever have a particular difficult situation, just message me on Facebook or something and I'll, Try to help you out with that. Uh, yeah, for, well, thank just you. for all those for all those listening, um, uh, Carolyn Carolyn has a, um, a 
what would you, what do you call it a counseling website and she discusses a lot of these these things on um lifecoachservice.net um what yes, would you call I that work, Carolyn? Uh well it's a life coach and I work with anybody I've I've been working with anybody for years and years and years but about 3 or 4 years ago I turned it toward the trucking industry to really focus on drivers and their families because I didn't see anyone else out there for them and of course, I've been in the trucking industry for going on 20 years almost, and I was seeing the, the huge struggles and the concerns that drivers have. So I put my focus toward drivers, and I love it. I love what I do. I love working with drivers, and I work with them on the physical and emotional aspect of, of health. You've got to be emotionally healthy before you can be physically healthy. And so I work with them either through my book that I've written or I work with them one-on-one. And so it's it's been great. I love it. Well, you also, uh, uh, Carolyn also helps the uh, Women Truckers ne- Network on Real Women in Trucking. Yeah. On their yeah. Wednesday help show. So, um, you know, everybody who, who listens to those shows also. Plus, she's been on, on <coughs> our show at least a half dozen times, Carolyn, right? Co-hosting with yeah. me? Yeah. So, so she, and what's that other show you do on, um, what's that other station you have a radio show? Uh, WSM 650. It's the Grand Ole Opry station out of Nashville. I've been on there. Actually, I've been on several. <laughs> but um, <laughs> And it's on my website. If If you're interested in emotional and physical health, I have... As many shows that will give me the archive, some shows don't archive their shows or they don't have archives available, but if they do, I have a list of them on my website that you can just click on and listen to them again, and it's on all sorts of different topics related to emotional and physical health. Okay. And um, what do you think about the the Mercy Heart? I think we lost, um, did did I lose? Lori, Lori, are you are you on? Yes, ma'am. I just muted myself. Oh, okay. I couldn't, <laughs> I couldn't find yeah, you I on just... here. <laughs> I, I noted there's so many people on the on the thing. I, I thought I I thought I missed you. But uh, what do you think of the Mercy Heart, Carolyn? Sounds like a great program. I wish I could have heard the whole part of it. I only heard about half of it, but. It sounds very encouraging, very much going in the right direction. I love it. Yeah, well, the, the beauty of, of Blog Talk Radio is you can listen to the replays anytime. Um, so, you know, if you miss the first part, you just rewind it or pull up the replay and l- listen to it again. Well, okay. this is uh, Last Call. Um or to talk to Lori or bring it up bring up any ideas or questions for her. Uh we are gonna take a break and we have some time left over and um we're gonna talk a little bit and I hope I hope everybody stays on the line for this. A little bit about the um new bill coming up. A lot of people call it the denim language to be included in it or the F4A language or federal authority over states' rights, whatever you want to call it. 
Uh, we're going to just talk a little bit about what's going on with that. And uh, if you want to be a, a part of that, uh, you know, we'd love to we'd love to talk to you about it. So we're just going to take um, a really quick break, and we'll be right back. So hold on. Hey, Alan Smith here. Did you know that over 18 million Americans suffer from sleep apnea yearly? And this topic is on the radar with the FMCSA, and unfortunately some are looking at this as a for-profit venture, not CPAP America. CPAP America was created by somebody who works in the respiratory field and wants to help drivers, not take advantage of them. Owner Ed Frost has been a respiratory therapist for over 25 years. Mr. Frost has also managed 27 sleep labs and currently sits on the New Jersey State Board of Respiratory Care. Ed and his team are looking out for uninsured commercial drivers and those with high insurance deductibles who pay way too much out of pocket while making sure they are fully compliant. CPAP America offers drivers the very best prices in the industry for home sleep testing, CDL compliance, sleep apnea machines, and so much more. In fact, any customer who purchases a machine from CPAP America will receive free downloads for life. So call CPAP America for all your sleep apnea concerns at 800-569-0167 or visit them at CPAPAmerica.com. Have a question for them? You can find them on Facebook at CPAP America and Twitter at CPAP America. You can rest easy with CPAP America. That's 800-569-0167, CPAPAmerica.com. Okay, welcome back, everybody. We're gonna, um, we've been speaking with uh, Lori Baker, and uh, she's a, a health advocate plus uh, a mentor for the Mercy Heart Organization, um, helping those who are incarcerated and their families get through the challenges they face uh, during those times. Um, we want to switch it over a little bit and talk about a little bit of the um, the bill that's coming up, which pretty much would put uh, a nail in the coffin for drivers to be paid uh, for all their time, including detention time, paperwork, and it would... Um, hold on, I'm just going to close that, a little background noise. Um, for all those drivers who are tr- looking for wage reform, uh, if this bill passes, it would pretty much put an end to that possibility of wage reform uh, by just saying, listen, drivers, you're going to get paid cents per mile, and no matter how many hours you work, that's all you're getting. And uh, for those people who have the uh, comeback, well, if the if the company wants to pay you detention time, they still can. You know, um, what I'd like to say to that is on the uh, Fair Labor Standards Act, when drivers were exempt from overtime, I'd like to ask all drivers how many of their employers have offered to pay overtime to them. Uh, even though uh, they are exempt from overtime on the FLSA, so uh, be thinking about that. I'm gonna I'm gonna uh, play Alan's um, what Alan said about the the uh, the denim. We call it the denim amendment, but actually it's a bill coming um, with an with a, a denim type amendment inserted that would 
and the possibility of being paid for all time. So just take a listen. And we've had a lot of shows regarding truck driver pay with uh, most drivers agreeing that they should be paid for all working time. And it's well known within the industry that drivers work anywhere from 20 to 40 extra hours a week doing tasks other than driving. And much of those hours, as we all know, are waiting at the docks. And it's not uncommon for a trucker to wait several hours or more. Uh, I've done it myself. I've sat at docks for uh, uh, 24 hours or more, 24 to 36 hours myself. So some companies will pay drivers. Drivers after two hours, others not at all. But the sad thing is, many drivers have accepted that this is the norm. But the argument that is most disturbing is when a carrier will defend not paying drivers for all time by saying that it's calculated in your cents per mile. So my uh, response to that is really, and and how is that? I would like for them to explain that to me. I mean, perhaps if you look at it as it was calculated decades ago in the 80s, maybe. But the fact that drivers are making the same pay, most drivers the majority of drivers as they were back then tells me that CPM cents per mile is most definitely not compensating for those 30 to 40 hours per uh, week extra work time on top of the driving. So drivers now want to be compensated for their time to make up for the fact that their wages have stayed stagnant while the cost of living has increased significantly. And uh, which brings us to tonight's show and what and why the trucking industry is doing to ensure drivers continue to be paid only their peace work wages and nothing more. And as a matter of fact, the ATA has made it very clear that a top priority that they have this year is to have a bill passed which will use federal law to override federal court rulings and preempt state labor laws which are there to protect employees. And since November uh, 2015, the ATA and other organizations have been attempting to interpret the intended meaning of the Federal Aviation Administration Authorization Act, the F4 in an attempt to prevent drivers any possibility of ever being paid for anything other than the miles they drive. Okay, so uh, there you have it, and uh, I couldn't have said it any better myself. So everybody's wondering, okay, what bill is it in? Um, by the way, if you want to be a part of the conversation, raise your hand. Uh, just click one on your keypad so I know you want to be a part of the conversation. And I don't know who wants to get involved in this one. But anyway, um, if you're wondering what it is or what bill is he talking about, just a little history. Uh, California and other states have allowed drivers to be paid for detention time. They get paid separately uh, for their hourly wages on top of their CPM. It's part of their state's way of protecting all their employers, employees, I'm sorry, uh, all those piecework uh, wage type employees, they are to be paid um, hourly for in, it, besides their piecework. So if you are waiting eight hours at a dock and you're in California, uh, they have uh, a sort of like in a logarithm or something where they calculate you know, how much you'll be paid. Um, and uh, a lot of it is called the meal and rest break uh, law. And drivers are, are told, oh, you don't want this to go through because in these states like Washington, California, and there's a few others, they're going to make you take a rest break. Uh, and what the truth is, 
No, they don't make you take the break. You can you can waive it, but they will. Employers will have to pay you for it regardless. So that's a myth that um, they get drivers all riled up. Oh, I don't want to stop every four hours, and and uh, no, you don't have to. And on top of that, they don't tell you that these states are uh, making them pay you for all your time. So if you're putting in 30 hours a week extra, well, that would be paid for uh, on top of your cents per mile. So uh, the ATA and other groups uh, desperately, as a matter of fact, they've even said that it is their number one priority to get this bill passed in uh, in, in the courts. And, and how they got it into Congress is uh, they were losing a lot of lawsuits and having to pay drivers a lot of money. And uh, so they took it to the uh, even up to the Supreme Court in California. They lost in all the circuit courts. And finally it went to the uh, California Supreme Court to fight having to pay their drivers um, all these hours besides their cents per mile, and they lost. Then uh, California tried to take it to the United States Supreme Court, and uh, they didn't even want to hear it. They said, no, California, you know, whatever they ruled, that's the way it is. So uh, then in 2015, during the Fast Act Transportation Act, uh, there was an amendment slipped in in the 11th hour, and it was called the Denim Amendment. And uh, it was from uh, Representative, um, he was a Republican representative out of California, Jeff Denham. And he slipped it in there, uh, which pretty much said what we were talking about before, that you can't, drivers would not be paid, in other words, anything but cents per mile, and employers would not be obligated to pay them. It failed. It, it went through the House, but by the time it went to the Senate, there was a lot of people who fought against it, said it wasn't fair to drivers. It failed. And then in 2016, they tried to slip it again in the uh, Federal Aviation Authorization Act, and again, it failed. There was uh, people in the Senate who stood up and said this is unfair to drivers. Uh, you know, they, they deserve to be paid, so it failed. Well, they are going to try again. They vowed to get it passed. And the only thing is we don't know which bill this language is going to be slipped into. So we have to be alert. And we will be having another show. Actually, Alan is uh, planning on a show. He's discussing it with a couple of people. And it will either be this Saturday or next Saturday because he does the Saturday shows. So uh, once we find out which bill it will be in, then we can start We can start calling representatives now. But, you know, what, what do you say? Well, don't vote for any bill that will uh, – prevent drivers from being paid for for all their time it would be a lot better to know the bill that it's in and then be able to call your representatives uh, about it so this is just a heads up for everybody um, you've heard us talking about it Alan's made about three videos about it so far Pat Hockaday's made about two videos about it uh, I believe Hal Kia has made 
a video about it. There's a lot of drivers who are talking about it, but until we know the actual bill that this language will be in, um, it's really hard to, you know, uh, direct people of what to say when they call up the representatives. So hopefully we're going to know in the next week or two. We'll have another show, and uh, we'll be having an all-out uh, campaign um, uh, to educate the drivers on the truth, the truth about the meal and rest break myth that's being uh, shared. And really what it comes down to is language is going to be included in either the THUD bill or the infrastructure bill or one of the bills uh, coming up which will prevent drivers from being paid uh, for all their time. And once that's made law, that's pretty hard to um, undo. So uh, anyway, that's, uh, that'll be coming up soon. Hopefully it'll be this Saturday night. If not, it'll be the following Saturday night. Oh, I want to tell you, we have a uh, website, uh, uh, Facebook page called, i gotta, I got to go to it to, to make sure I give it the right name. It's called Kill Federal Overreach on Trucker Wages. Kill Federal Overreach on Trucker Wages. And if you want to know more about what I've just been talking about, um, there's video and audio and, and posts, and it'll explain uh, more to you. Also, if you go to askthetrucker.com uh, on the menu, all the way to the right, there is a, uh, I'm looking for it, it's called Driver Wages at Risk. It's in the menu all the way to the right, and it's a uh, an infographic that helps explain what's going on. This is really serious, people, so um, I hope you take the time uh, to look at it all. Well, I want to once again um, thank Lori for hanging with us. Um, it was so good to meet you at the cruise. Same with everybody listening tonight. I, I don't, I can't identify the numbers with with the you know with faces, but thanks so much for hanging on with us and even for sticking around to uh, learn more about the uh, federal authority uh, over states' rights that's coming up in an up-and-coming bill. So go check out mercyheart.org and get on Facebook and go look at Kill Federal Overreach on Trucker Wages. Like the page, read the articles, and uh, we'll be having a show for you real soon. Uh, in the meantime, uh, we're going to end the show um, with, well, this is, this is like my favorite, my favorite song, and it's from Tony Justice. And it's called Brothers of the Highway. He sings it with Aaron Tippin. And um, I just love it. So uh, we'll have our show closing. And then please listen to Brothers of the Highway. You can, If you like it, you can go to uh, TonyJusticeMusic.com and, uh, and get the CD. We have a copy of it here, and, and it's awesome. Okay. Good night, everybody. You've been listening to Ask the Trucker Live with Alan Smith. On behalf of Alan and Donna Smith, AskTheTrucker.com, TruckingSocialMedia.com, NorthAmericanTruckingAlerts.com, Blog Talk Radio, and Ask the Trucker Live. I'm J. Michael Collins. Until next time, drive safe and thanks for listening.
diamonds on the windshield As heaven starts to cry And in his rearview mirror His angel waves goodbye She knows he's gonna go She knows he's one of them Brothers of the highway Children of the wind That Detroit diesel fire ship Goes blowing out again Selling toward the setting sun Freedom's their best friend Brothers of the highway Children of the wind I'll bring it on in there We'll put the pedal to the metal Try it out or run the ring Another shot of truck stop coffee as I run in through his veins. This world turns on 18 wheels, thank God we can depend on brothers of the highway, children of the wind. That Detroit diesel fire ship goes blowing out again. Sailing toward the setting sun, freedom's their best friend. Freedom 